Resentment is bitter indignation at having been treated unfairly. But resentment just eats you up in the inside, while the person you resent, likely, for example, your partner, is thriving. Welcome to Holding the Fort Abroad, the podcast about frequent business travel and working away from home. My name is Rhoda Bangater, and I help parents who have a partner who travels a lot for work. I help them manage the stress and disconnect from living this life so that they can enjoy the growth and intention this lifestyle can bring. And today, I'm going to be speaking about the three dangers lurking for the parent who's at home. That is still the most common scenario for expats when the husband or the wife or partner travels or leaves the home to go to work. It's not like a nine to five where they come back in the evening. Uh, but they might be gone a few weeks or uh, actually living in another country. So I'll, I'll most be, mostly be talking to those parents. But if you've been following me for a while, you, you'll have heard me speak about these things before. I'm going to be talking about exhaustion, feeling stuck, and resentment. Three things that can really creep up on us a little bit. If you are listening because you are interested in the subject, you are in an organization where you send staff abroad without their partners and children, this could be a really interesting episode for you to, to listen to. If you um, know people who, who have this kind of lifestyle, actually, if you don't know people who have this kind of lifestyle, I would encourage you, as I always do, to uh, ask around and sort of bring the subject up, start talking about uh, frequent business travel. And I think you'd be really surprised at how many people will pop up and start telling you that this is something that they live with daily, even if you think you might know them fairly well. Um, and if you're the traveling partner, if you're the husband or the wife, the partner who's away, maybe this is also an interesting one for you to listen to. Some of the things maybe you can watch out for for your partner if you think that your partner is going through some of this. In um, 2020, 21, I thought I was doing super well. Um, so my, as you probably know, if you've been listening to me for a while, my husband has been traveling fairly much from the start of our marriage. I moved to Switzerland in 2005 as a love pat. I don't know if you heard that word before, but when you um, enter into a relationship or get married to someone and move to their country. And it took me a little while to realize, actually, this is a bit of an aside, but it took me a little bit of time to realize, actually, that that's what had been happening, that I was actually in his country and I was adapting to his way of life in a way. Anyway, that was an aside. Um, yeah, so he 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 started traveling a couple of weeks at a time. And it's so funny because a couple of years ago, we um, he said to me, you know, I wasn't traveling that much. And in his very organized way, he goes back to his calendars, brings all his travel dates up. And I look at them and I go, okay, yeah, but here... We just had a new baby. Here, we were both really sick. Here, we just moved house. And here, when you traveled, this was happening and that was happening. There was always another thing to do with expat life or just life in general that was coming in parallel 
to the trips. Plus, he was traveling to countries that were kind of dangerous with wars going on and and um, unrest. So I was stressed when he was leaving. And we, we you know, I was still adjusting to his country, as I mentioned. We were having little children. <laughs> so I laugh now, but it wasn't funny then. Um, and then, you know, then he did the Monday to Friday. If you've read the book, my book, Holding the Foot Abroad, you'll know all of this. Um, and then we did... What did we do? Um, we he did the regular travel when he was on a on a list where they just get called up if there was an emergency, and then Kabul, of course, the two and a half years, uh, the yeah, the two years between uh, two thousand nineteen and two thousand twenty one, and end of two thousand twenty, a lot of things happened throughout twenty twenty, and I thought I was doing really well, and I had a burnout. And um, if you want to hear a little bit more about that, in episode 11, I speak about my personal reflections two years after a burnout. You can go back and listen to that and uh, what I've learned from it. And one of the biggest takeaways, actually, is is that I didn't leave myself another, enough margin. Um, life goes on when your partner's gone, when they come back. Things happen, things break, people get sick, people die. Unfortunately, you know, parents get older. We have to care for our parent, elderly parents, young children. There was COVID. So <laughs> when you're on the brink of exhaustion and sometimes even the smallest thing can just, can just break you. So I would really encourage you to take an honest look at how you're doing and you might already have an inkling that mm, you're really struggling you know if you're if you've got a um, short temper if you're you're tired all the time fairly big clue um if if you just oh you're feeling angry a lot it it might be due to exhaustion now when that was happening to me I'm like, well, I I don't know, how can I get sleep? You know, I have young children. I'm disrupted in the night. I don't have time. I don't see how I can get myself out of this. I just like to go through three, four things, actually. First of it, first things that help me and that help people is look at what is time consuming. Is there anything that's really taking a lot of time that shouldn't be taking you that long? Um, is there any way to reduce that time to um, bring someone else to, in to help? For example, I always give the example of paper plates. For a couple for a couple of weeks, we were eating out of paper plates because then wasn't doing dishes. Um, is there anything that you can multi-purpose? So the other day, uh, what was I doing? I was doing a batch of cooking. But I was listening to music, so I was relaxing. Oh, and then I called my mom. So that was two things in one job. And sometimes I even, you know, bring in one of my kids to cook with me. So it's an activity for, for him, for our youngest. He's 12. He loves baking. So all in all, you know, if I'm calling my mom, who lives in England and we're in Bishkek, she gets a nice call with her grandson. We're both baking or cooking the evening meal. And the evening meal gets cooked. 
So that's three things in one job. The second thing I would say, which really should have been first, is address your exhaustion. This is something I learned from my burnout. Get tested for your hormones, for your cortisol. Start taking vitamin C. Double check what types of vitamin C because there are lots of different types of vitamin C. And obviously I'm not a doctor, but I would find a holistic doctor, a nutritionist, start taking vitamin D, start looking at, you know, if you're depleting, if you're depleted physically with vitamins and nutrients and hormones, because if you're, if you've been feeling stressed for a long time, it will have take, started taking your toll on your body and on your hormones. Even if you're a man, um, it, it could be messing up with your hormones. Third thing I would say, get a team together. Practical help and emotional help. And practical, sometimes what I've heard people say is like, oh, I cannot find a babysitter. I'm like, okay, so you can't find a babysitter. Can you think outside the box for other practical help that you can get that is something else, but that would still take something off your plate? So it could be admin help. What I would say also here is get a third party, a friend. Call a friend and say, hey, can you just help me talk through what's on my plate right now? and see if I can, who I can get, if I can get ex- external help in, right? Sometimes when you're talking it through with a friend, they see things, they might be seeing something in your life and going, uh, you're spending a lot of time doing this, and I think you could get an external company to do it for you, right? Emotional help, I think talking to someone, in the end, I, I had a whole team around me, and I still do, and I think a lot, You'd be surprised at how many people have teams around them. Someone they talk to regularly, whether it's a therapist or a friend, just offload a little bit, talk things through. Sometimes when your co-parent, let's say, when when the other parent is away, there's there's a, a, a higher mental load. First, you're you know you're twenty four seven on call, so if there's a problem or anything, you're the person who needs to react quickly. Um, and sometimes you just can't share it with your partner because they're they've got a high mental load and they don't have the capacity to carry all of that for you. And I think it's fair to say that it's a it's a difficult it's a different situation than maybe the couple next door where they're both there and they can chat in the evenings, right? Um, and they can get an idea of what the other person, if the other person is in a in a in the mood to to be talking or not it's much harder to do it at a distance that's why I would say find a few people that you can confide in that you can talk through things with so that you're sharing the load a little bit and the last thing I would say is sleep how much are you sleeping oh I know it's cringe so many people are talking about it now but if you're just sleeping a couple of hours a night it's not going to cut it and eventually you're going to struggle more and more, there's more and more research for women on sleep, that women need more sleep than men. And this is something to be taken seriously. Uh, like I say in my podcast, I did not think I was going to burn out. But I thought, you know, wow, burnout is for people who are like 
working 100 hours a week or something. But hey, maybe I was, you know, maybe I was. Um, but again, I wasn't sleeping much. And it it it, it, messes, it messes you up after a while. And somebody, somebody told me, get a Fitbit or, you know, one of those watches. Absolute brilliant. You can... It, you know, I don't, it's accurate to a certain extent, but it definitely makes me aware of like, oh, how much did I sleep last night? I need to be a bit more regular about sleep. And it really does make a huge difference. Uh, Kirsten Pontius, uh, also, I interviewed her for an episode. Um, I'll put the, the number in the, in the show notes. And I love her system. She has a system where she... It helps people find their baseline. She says, find a baseline. So when I'm super busy, this is the minimum I need to do for my health and well-being. And when I'm less busy, this is the minimum list of things that I want to do from daily for my health and wellness. And she says, when you're super busy, now is not the time to start a new yoga thing. You know, but having daily maintenance. And that's been really helpful. I found that super helpful. So you can go back and listen to that episode as well. The second thing, so the first thing was exhaustion. And that really needs to be taken seriously. The second one is feeling stuck. Mm, that's another one also common for accompanying spouses, whether or not your partner travels or not. Maybe you've given up your dream career. Maybe you've given up your dream country. Maybe it feels like a sacrifice. Maybe you feel like you're stuck at home while your partner's away living their dream career. And, and I'm, I get it. It's, it's hard. And I felt like that for years. And 2016 really was the turnaround for me when um, I got back from New York. And the children were fairly young, but they were getting older. And I thought, I need to figure out what I'm doing once the children are gone. And I know at the time it was still probably like 10 years away. But I was like, if I don't start now in 10 years time, what will I have? And and the flip of that is in 10 years time, what can I build? And I love um, Simon Sinek's quote, um, most people over uh, overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in a decade. I really took that and I thought, well, in the next decade, what can I build? Even if it's just five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, I can build skills and I can learn and I can uh, meet people. I can figure out what my passion is, what I want to be studying, what I want to be learning. And one of the resources I recommend highly is listening to Amel Deraghi's podcast. You know, Amel helps people who are entrepreneurs. And she has a lot of resources on starting a business, accelerating your business. And if you've got five minutes a day or 20 minutes a day or just enough time a day to, to listen to a podcast, you're already starting to build some skills. And then if you've got more time, it works as well. So that's what I really love is these resources where it can work if you're really, really busy and you're juggling kids and um, being the only one at home and the only parent at home and um, working maybe and all sorts of other things. 
The other thing I would say is uh, see plant seeds. So a lot of people sometimes say to me, like, what's I'm trying to find my passion. I'm trying to think, okay, people tell me, oh, I need to think about what I'm doing in 10 years' time, and then I can work towards it. Yes, that, that can work. If you've got an idea, go for it. But I find in the expat life, that's a little bit harder to do because we don't know what country we're going to be in and we don't know if we're going to be able to do it. And the second one is sometimes it's hard to project that hard, or at least I find it hard to project myself that, that far. And especially if you've stopped working for a while and you don't really know what you're passionate about anymore. So the system I've found, um, which I've devised, <laughs> that works pretty well is called SEEDS, S-E-E. DS. But the S starts for start something. Look around you. Start with where you're at. Look around you. And again, I'll 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 put the uh, the link for the blog post on this. This start with where you're at. Are you volunteering? Are you what kind of things are you doing now? Write those down. Then expand. So for example, if you're volunteering at a school or volunteering in a charity. See if you can lead a project or manage a project or speak at an event or organize the event, right? And then you always start smaller on a short, temporary short-term basis, right? Anything kind of that you think, yeah, it's kind of has an end date or is stoppable. So start, expand or explore and then eliminate then you start saying, okay, which ones of these brought me joy? Which ones of these gave me, or did I receive positive feedback? Which one of these have grown so much and I had so much fun doing? And then eliminate all the others or most of the others. Develop that one. Do more of it. And then the last S is then strategize. Then you're in a, in a position to strategize, to say, okay, which mentors do I need? Who can I have for a mentor? Who, um, what course can I do? Um, what path will I take, right? So if you've already got an idea in mind, I'll again, I have a resource, a very simple form you can fill in, personal development plan you can fill in if you've got an idea in mind. If you don't, do the seeds. I would highly recommend it. Baby steps, if you're in a position to do it for longer chunks of time, do that. Otherwise, just think, baby steps and regarding passion I love this other quote I can't can't find it anymore but it's someone was saying like don't chase your passion start doing something and you will find your passion and the last thing I wanted to talk about is resentment Ooh, I have been stuck in resentment at the beginning of my marriage for many years and sometimes I catch myself being resentful still I love this quote by Dr. Carolyn Leaf. She says, resentment is a sign you have abandoned yourself. Oof. So um, if you feel resentful, it's best to just admit it. Recognize it for what it is. Are you feeling resentment towards your traveling partner because they're free and you're stuck at home? Do you feel that you didn't have a choice and you're now stuck with most of the home chores and the parenting? Resentment is bitter indignation at having been treated unfairly. But resentment just eats you up in the inside, while the person you resent, likely, for example, your partner, is thriving. Once resentment has set in, it's tough to tackle. Now, Dr. Leaf 
is a neuroscientist and mental health expert. In her research on the brain-mind connection, she has seen that these thoughts of bitterness, resentment, anger are made of real protein. And they look like ugly tree branches. You can see her demonstrate what they look like on her podcast number 272. The most extraordinary thing, though, is that as soon as we acknowledge those thoughts are there, they immediately start shrinking and losing their power on us. Isn't it extraordinary? So if you feel resentment, and there may be even good reason to feel like you've been shortchanged or wronged, I get it. I felt this way, as, as I said, and I still catch myself feeling this way from time to time. But Carolyn Leaf says, resentment is a signal that something needs to change. Don't ignore it. What can you do from within? Dr. Leaf has developed a five-step method to handle a toxic thought. It's first gather. So you're like, okay, what am I thinking? You reflect on it. Mm, okay. Then you write it down. Then you recheck and you find an active reach. So an active reach is another way of reframing the thought and giving yourself a positive action. So this could be a statement like, I will speak to someone I trust about my resentment, right? I went over this really quickly, but if you look at some of her resources, and she has an app that I've also used quite a, quite a lot a few years ago, she explains her five-step method much, much better than I just did. <laughs> um and I'll, I'll put her her links in, in the show notes. So as I said, you may have good reason to think that you have sacrificed way more than you had anticipated at the beginning of your expat journey with your partner. But please, please, please don't stay in the bitterness and negativity. Communicate your feelings and needs to your partner. If you can, look together to find a solution. And I think also if you work on... Number one, exhaustion. And number two, trying to stop feeling unstuck. That will really, really help as well. There is a quiz on my website. It's new. You can go to it. Just go to my website, www.amulticultureallife.com. And you can take the quiz. You can find out your level of vulnerability on these different aspects and what uh, and more about what you can do about it so if you're the parent with the children you can go over to my website and take the quiz so remember wherever you are wherever your partner is you're not alone thanks for listening i hope that you found this episode encouraging and that maybe you found ideas to apply in your own situation please leave me a review of what you found helpful, what you would like to hear about, and any other comments you would like to leave. This helps other people find this podcast, and it also gives me feedback. So it's very helpful. Thank you very much. And until next time. 